everybody. Welcome to That's Life, where we are back from Pesach. We are back at work, and we are all extraordinarily blessed here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, a subdued Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, and general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nachum's live lunch. We are coming to you from the home of the Nachum Siegel Network on the beautiful Lower East Side on, unfortunately, this gloomy Thursday. But the weather in New York this week has been less than lovely. But um, but that's okay. Boker Tov Tioni, who's behind the board. Boker Tov Tavrami, who's, going, who's working uh, for us the today uh, from our Baltimore studio. And good morning to Jamie, who is often the voice of reason here sitting next to me at the board. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. If you're a returning listener, thank us, thanks as always for making us part of your day. Follow us on Twitter, Nahum Net, all one word, Miriam L. Wallach, all one word. We're going to do a fortune cookie because, um, well, frankly, I feel like it, and it's post-Pesach, and Yoni didn't pick the fortune cookies, so we have, oh, now you're putting on your mic. Now you're ready. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm excited. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. Huh. The worst bankruptcy in the world is the person who has lost his enthusiasm. Well, I hear that completely. That, to me, what's that one? I've got your welcome change one from a few weeks ago. Ah, Yes. That is true. You're holding on to the fortune cookies? That's so super sentimental of you, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't realize you were that kind of guy, but that's that's nice, Yoni. That's nice. Um, there are a number of national holidays going on here in the United States and um, abroad, but uh, there's only one, actually, that has any importance to me today, and it's unfortunate that National Holocaust Memorial Day or Holocaust Memorial Day is not trending on Twitter. And I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm saying that I think it's a sad set of circumstances. But yes, today is Yom HaShoah, Yom HaShoah or as Nachum called it this morning on JM&AM, Yom HaShoah V'Hagvura. If, um, if you started your day with JM and the AM this morning, as I did, you know that today's program was absolutely extraordinary. And I usually don't start this program. I usually don't start That's Life with the need to say a few things um, to let you know what I'm feeling or, or just to speak freely. But uh, I feel the need to do that today. And I appreciate your patience and your indulgence. And we will certainly get to our guest in just a few moments. And um, But before that, I have to tell you, <laughs> I have to tell you what it was like, what it was like listening to James A.M. this morning. Nachum chooses the musical selections especially every single day, but especially today very carefully. And he chose unbelievable testimonials like he does every single year to make sure that voices and stories are heard. And just a few moments after six o'clock, we, we heard the siren as they heard it in Israel. And it was startling even in the gym. Um, standing there quietly, not continuing on the elliptical, but standing to the side and just not moving for the duration made me very much feel part of a community. And that's why I posted what I did on Facebook this morning. It hit me like a ton of bricks. And every once in a while, it hits me like a ton of bricks that we at this network and anyone who supports JM and the AM, both as uh, from a financial point of view, but as a listener in, in work ethic, spirit, whatever it is, we all have an enormous responsibility here. And when it comes to the Nachum Siegel Network and it comes to JM and the AM and the Jewish Unity Initiative, there really is a mission. There is a mission in the work that we do. Yeah, I joke all the time, you know, two Jews, four opinions, whatever. There are plenty of organizations that don't succeed. There are Jewish organizations out there that do very good work, but, but still they do not unite everyone the way we need to be united. 
it's just it's just that reality. But here, I, I feel so sincerely about this. There is a purity to the work that we do here. Um, we're not politically driven. We we don't have ulterior motives. There is a purity to the mission that we have here. And it's days like today, and it's Nachum's show this morning, that I get that again. We are a community. And no matter where you live, or where you're hearing this, or whatever time you're listening to this, you need to know we are a community. Everyone who sits behind the mic here at the Nachum Siegel Network takes the, the responsibility of using the power of these virtual airwaves very, very seriously. Nothing means more in this world than one's word, and we certainly know that here. If you missed any of Nahum's interview this morning with Israel Stark, with Srolly Stark, it started at 7.30, and I cannot remember in recent memory an interview that Nahum conducted that went a full hour. But that was the fastest hour I have experienced in radio in a very, very long time. The, the, the interview was extraordinary, not just because of Nahum's masterful ability on the air, but also because the story being told was incredible. And somebody actually texted me that, that he wished, you know, Nahum would, would use the word unbelievable less um, unbelievable. And, you know, it's, it's something that Nahum says. And, and I responded to this person very politely that I wouldn't have him change that for the world because this person's story was unbelievable and every aspect to it. And uh, the story will be available through social media very shortly. And um, I, I highly recommend you listen to that interview if you missed it this morning. But it only reinforced to me what we do around here. <laughs> this is good work to do. This is really, really good work. We work very hard here, but it's an honor. It's an honor to do this kind of work. Um, I'm going to make a quick confession, something that, I, that I've confessed before and that I've mentioned before, is that I, I personally struggle. I know other people feel this way as well. I personally struggle sometimes on Yom HaShoah to connect. And it's a sad reality for me personally, somebody who is so engrossed in the Jewish community. But today is not one of those days. Today is certainly not one of those days. I've never felt more connected as I, as I do today. And it's my hakar satov to Nachum for this morning's program for making sure that that happened. We have an obligation <laughs> to share the stories of survivors, not just because of their legacy, but because we have a responsibility to make sure that no one ever forgets. Um, I know a bunch of you have commented on, on, on Facebook that I seem to be obsessed with the, with the, with the musical Hamilton. Uh, and for good reason. Most of New York right now is obsessed with Hamilton, and the music is incredible, and I promise you that there's a connection here. One of the last lines in the play is, who lives, who dies, who tells your story? And it is, it's, it's a scary thought to think for a second about what happens after you pass. Who will tell your story? Well, there are millions out there who need us to tell their story. And that's something else that hits me as I, as I introduce our guest today. Uh, photographer Doris Levin um, 
is donating her collection of portraits of the elderly remaining Jews of Eastern Europe to the Jewish home family. The exhibit is called Forgotten Survivors. And Doris's uh, joining me today is not just um, because I want to discuss this exhibit, but also because she speaks to an entire, I can thank her and I can thank my mom and I'll explain in a second um, for doing the exact same thing, but in different ways. Doris, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so thank you so much for joining me and I and I very appreciate very much appreciate you taking the time to be on That's Life this morning. I'm going to give you I'm I'm going to give you like 30 seconds of what uh, of what I'm talking about in terms of thanking you and thanking my mom. For for those people who are listening who don't know and not everybody knows and that's fine. My mother is um, an art historian specializing in Judaica. If you take 30 seconds to google the name Vivian B man, B being her middle initial, um, you'll see all the work that my mother has done over her illustrious career in making sure that the stories of Jews and their heritage and our heritage make sure to uh, to be told that they are told she was a she was the, the curator of Judaica at the Jewish Museum in Manhattan for over 30 years I had the unbelievable honor of speaking at her retirement party there and um, it was last summer that I truly appreciated the 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 goal of her work which is to share stories that can never be forgotten and so Doris I see your mission in this exhibit the exact same way making sure that the stories are never forgotten and I think that if that if I can speak for you for a second I think I hit it on the nail on the head absolutely you did these are people who were not part of the Holocaust, but they suffered from the devastation of the Nazis. Um, I met David Katz in Vilna, and he is involved in recording all of the dialects of the Yiddish-speaking Jews in Eastern Europe. And David told me about the dire straits these people were in, and I decided that I would come back and photograph them and tell their stories to the world and how they survived the Holocaust. Each of them has a different story. Some, when the Germans invaded um, Lithuania, and everyone knows the date, June 22, 1941, what they did. Some fled east to Uzbekistan, to the Ural Mountains. Some joined the uh, Russian army, and some went into the woods in hiding and worked with the partisans and fought with them. And one or two were hidden by righteous Lithuanians. But each of my people has a different story to tell of how they survived the war. I I also felt like had my DNA been checked, they were my people. My when I was a child, I asked my father where he was from, and he'd say Minsk, Minsk. What's the difference? So I wanted to go back and trace my roots to this area of the world, and I felt I felt a bond with these people. So now I want them to have a home, mm. and they will have a home in a Jewish home. 
in Rockley. Yes, the Forgotten Survivors exhibit will be unveiled at a dedication ceremony on Sunday, May 15th at 3 p.m. at the Jewish Home in Rockley, New Jersey. That's 10 Link Drive in Rockley, New Jersey. Doris, why did you decide to to have them host the exhibit? What is the, the significance of the connection between the work that you did and the location of the exhibit? I was visiting the home um, with a friend not too long ago and decided it was a Jewish home. And this is where I wanted my people to be. And I liked the feeling, the atmosphere um, of the Jewish home in Rockley. And I wanted my people to have a home there. And when I photographed them, I asked each of them, what kind of a Jewish life do you have now? Mm. And they all confided in me that what the Germans started the communists finished, and many of them, their children intermarried, and they, the only connection with the Jewish life they had was through the joint, when the uh, joint at holidays would send matzah and um, gifts commemorating the holidays. And by the joint, you mean the Joint Distribution Committee? Right. 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 The Joint Distribution Committee sends them uh, matzahs at Passover just to keep that connection. Mm. So I, in my heart, felt this would be a Jewish home wow. where they would be remembered. Wow. That's that's incredibly moving. Let's let's talk for a second about um, about the photograph as a, a photo. You know, a picture is worth a thousand words. Um, is a thousand words enough? for each one of your photographs to, to really capture each one of their stories? I, I wanted to bring out the, the sadness and the difficulty of their lives. Um, one In one case, uh, one of the women, we were there in August, and in March her refrigerator had broken, <laughs> and she didn't have enough money to repair the refrigerator. And... I gave her money to repair her mm. refrigerator. Before the Iron Curtain fell in 1989, they had a pension from the Russian government, and they were able to live on that pension. But after the fall of the Iron Curtain, inflation set in, and they could no longer afford their medicine, oh. or even their rents went up. So I wanted to show that sadness in my photographs. Wow, that is <laughs> um, what did what did that woman how did that woman respond when you were able to help her financially with, with her refrigerator? She was most grateful. She had a daughter who had been a doctor and she was a doctor at Chernobyl. Um, when uh, when they had the meltdown, and she had completely, completely lost it after that experience. So not only was she um, living in these dire straits, but her daughter was there with her. Uh, it was a, a most uh, sad feeling, and I wanted to convey that in my photograph, and there's a photo, her name is Alexandra, those who come to see the photographs will see Alexandra, and she's holding a picture of her dead husband next to her heart. Oh, 
<laughs> did you um did you bring anyone else with you? How many times did you travel um to Eastern Europe for these photographs and did you bring anybody else with you? I I was there once. Uh, we, my husband and I traveled on a special tour with Chaim Potok, and he introduced us to David Katz, the Yiddish scholar. And that's when I made up my mind to come back. When I came, when I returned, I brought a lighting ex, uh, expert with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, through David, I hired a translator, and I hired a driver, and um, David set up the appointments with the people. And all of these people were Yiddish, spoke Yiddish, and through my translator, I was able to hear their story. Incredible, incredible. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network on a very special Yom HaShoah with a very, very important guest here this morning. Doris Levin is a photographer, and she has donated this collection of portraits of elderly remaining Jews of Eastern Europe to the Jewish home family. The exhibit is called Forgotten Survivors. It will be unveiled at a dedication ceremony on Sunday, May 15th at 3 p.m. at the Jewish home at Rockley, which is at 10 Link Drive in Rockley, New Jersey. In the um, in the information I received, Doris, in, in advance of our speaking this morning, it says that the exhibit is dedicated to your daughter. Can you tell me about that? My daughter, Melissa, was ill for 15 years with a blood disease called polycythemia. She passed away last October. Melissa was an artist, and she always encouraged me to be creative, and I don't think I would have had the, the chutzpah to go to Eastern Europe by myself with just a, a translator had Melissa not encouraged me, and her encouragement is with me every day, and I wanted this exhibit to be in her memory. Wow. Well, this is certainly a beautiful testament to to her life and and to her as an inspiration to you um, in your in your creative work. Tell me about um, how many how many photographs there are, and it says that they are large format. What do you mean by that? They're not just regular portraits. Are they oversized? Right, they're oversized. <laughs> they don't fit in the average living room. <laughs> um, there are five of them that are 30 by 40. Oh, wow. Okay. So they're large, and they fit perfectly in the hallway <laughs> at the Jewish home. And, and um, what was the what goal? Was the, what was the goal in 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 having them in such a large format? Obviously, obviously that was all by design. And as the daughter of a curator, I understand that nothing, and no galley, no anything, is done without serious consultation and and um, and and you know thought. So so what was the thinking in that? Uh, at that time, I was still shooting on film. And um, I was printing at ICP, the International Center of Photography in the city. Sure. And I love printing big. (laughs) (laughs) So I printed them all large. Well, there are some that are 20 by 14, but most of them are because I just liked printing large. Oh, that's funny. And these were printed at International Center of Photography in Manhattan. That's incredible. And how how many photographs are there in total? There's 14 to, in total, and five of them are in the very large format. 
There's one that's in a bit smaller format, and this is of a woman who lived in a town in Belarus. And in that town was a monument to 2,500 people, Jews, who were killed that very in one day by the Germans. And when the Russians did the monument, they put this is a monument to 20 to 2500 citizens they did not put the word jews yes. in that monument uh, but this woman uh, makes sure that that monument is cared for and she goes down every day and waters the plantings and so that is another one of the photographs was there a decision made because today is Yom HaShoah to push off the unveiling of this exhibit for a week just so that the day stands on its own and that the um, that the exhibit isn't always linked to Yom HaShoah or was it uh, I mean was it was it that much by design or or did you decide to do it you know on a Sunday so that as many people as possible could be there for the unveiling uh, it's more the latter, exactly. <laughs> I have one daughter who lives in Nantucket, and it was a more convenient time for the family to gather. Well, I imagine that they are going to be incredibly proud of your work. Your mission, Doris, is um, is quite laudable, and, um, and I really give you a tremendous amount of credit. There are plenty of people who suffer loss and... and and, and cannot recover the fact that you are using that as a strength and your daughter is an inspiration to tell the stories of others and to tell your daughter's story through that is really quite incredible. Thank you. I thank you very much for, no. for, for your support. No, my, it is absolutely my pleasure. Again, the exhibit is called Forgotten Survivors. It will open at the Jewish Home in an unveiling and dedication ceremony on Sunday, May 15th at 3 p.m. at the Jewish Home at Rockley 10 Link Drive, Rockley, New Jersey. I assume that it's open to the public? Yes, it is. And keep in mind, they will always be there. This is their permanent home. Beautiful. Well, that, that definitely speaks to your mission, a permanent home for these survivors. Again, Doris Levin, thank you so much for sharing the story with, with us, and Col- and uh, Kola Kavod to you. May you continue to go from strength and strength. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network on a very, very... God, I don't like the word very. I don't know why I keep using it so much. But an incredibly important Yom HaShoah today, 2016. Let's go through the lineup for the rest of the day so you know what to expect and what to look forward to and what not to miss. A full afternoon programming continues for you right here, right after That's Life. It's the live lunch hosted by Nachum here on the stream, NachumSiegel.com, and, of course, on the NSN app. By the way, if you missed um, our programming this morning, I highly recommend you go to our archives, not just for JM and AM, but also you got to hear Michael Fr- Reagan's take on Donald Trump. Um, I'm not trying to end today's program on a on a good laugh or whatever, though I should not be making fun of the Republican, the presumed Republican nominee for president, and I'm not going to, but definitely listen to Michael's take um, on 
on the GOP and where we are heading. It was really a fascinating, fascinating listen at 9.30 this morning. Anyway, uh, full afternoon of programming continues right here at NahumSiegel.com for the rest of the day. Tomorrow morning, JM and the AM, 6 to 9 in the morning, as always, here at NahumSiegel.com, JM and the AM.org, 91.1, 90.1, and 91.9 FM. By the way, thanks to all those listeners who let us know that there was a problem with 91.1 earlier in the week. Yes, there was a problem because there was a power outage in West Orange, and we use that power for the repeater in that area. Um, but thank you. We always depend on our listeners, and you guys did not let us down this week. And tomorrow after JM the AM, it's another great presentation of Table for Two. Naomi is back. She's back from Pesach. She's back from all the stuff she's got going on. She has a wonderful new program ready for you tomorrow. Okay. I leave you today with a song I remember learning in kindergarten for a performance that we little kids were doing and I had no idea at the time why so many older people in the audience were so moved by this song. Um, and I'm sure there are going to be people who are singing along as the song is playing. It's a version of Ufen Pripachuk, which was recorded, this version, I should say, was recorded, ironically enough, at La Victoire in Paris in 2011. Um, it is a beautiful rendition of the song. It is not just the voices of the children that will give you chills, but also that soul guitarist who plays along with it. And um, we can consider this version, the choosing of this version, to be a nod to Rabbi Sabag, Rabbi Moshe Sabag from La Victoire, and all of our friends in Paris that we made through the Jewish Unity Initiative in December. It has been an unbelievable show today. I really thank everyone for their support. I'm Yisrael Chai. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.
You've been listening to That's Life with Miriam L. Wallach. Coming up next, live lunch with me, Nahum Siegel, right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Bruder.